0: Welcome to the Backwoods.
1: My playground is out in the woods, back in the sticks, this is my hood. Waking up early with nature's hand in mine. Finger on the trigger just to seal the deal, feel the chill, shoot to kill. It's the thrill, it's the skill, it's the rush, it's the dust the grind. Living the Backwoods life.
0: Welcome to this week's podcast. This is Backwoods Life, episode number 12,483,012. I'm pretty sure your number gets
2: inflated every time. I actually think this is episode 12. Yeah, 12 sounds believable. But,
0: uh, you know, you sound like you're more impressive when you throw big numbers out there.
2: Okay, so... I mean, we'll get there. Four million three hundred sixty-nine. No, no,
0: it was twelve million. Twelve four 12,463,212. two okay. hundred and twelve. Terrific that's that's where we're at so anyway enough of our rambling about numbers because we don't even understand them ourselves but michael lee here with kevin knight and we're actually in kevin's office recording the podcast together which we usually do it remotely uh separate
2: you know you've been working on these new tv shows uh here in the office a little bit
0: yeah we've been filming some on-camera stuff so that um basically we just don't throw a bunch of footage out there and you can actually know what's going on
2: yeah we got a you know the camera don't always capture everything that happens in the woods so sometimes we gotta slip in there a little bit and tell you what's going on and why we're doing what
0: well it does help because if not it's just a bunch of rednecks running around the woods with weapons
2: well and the non-rednecks don't always understand what the rednecks are doing That's so we right. gotta have a little redneck and, explanation. and then you
0: got kind of the middle of the road rednecks that are trying to learn what would they need to do to be Yeah, they're trying to be a redneck? Red. Yeah. They just so mean... we want to make sure that we got everybody covered and, and that's what we do best. We, we kind of round things out. We tell our story. If there's anything we know, it's how to be a redneck. Very much so. I mean, literally we're sitting in Kevin's office. It looks like a Bass pro shop, uh, trophy room. So he's, he's, I think we're
2: going to give him an old redneck card for it's over with. I, I have, uh, earned my redneck card many times over in my life. So, saying, I can assure you just saying, so, uh, but anyway,
0: we, uh, we're uh we not here to talk about how great Rednecks we are this week, but we actually want to jump in and talk about uh, the new shows have started airing on Sportsman Channel. And for those of y'all that, for some reason, live under a rock and have never heard of us and they're listening to our podcast, um, check us out on Sportsman Channel on Tuesday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the Realtree Block.
2: And, I mean, 10.30 out on the West Coast, too, because we... Fall again at one thirty a.m. Eastern. That's
0: time. very good math and time calculation, Kevin.
2: So, and if you miss all that, just catch it Wednesday morning at eleven o'clock.
0: Or just set your DVR or Sling or whatever. I, there's so much stuff now. I actually ordered a Roku. Uh, What's it, Roku Express? Is what it's called. Uh, should be at my house today, I hope, and I'm going to actually put that in my office because I don't have a satellite in there and get Sling TV set up, and we'll see how that works, and I may convert all the way to Sling.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, you, on DirecTV, you can't watch it in HD, so you need a new option. I know. I'm
0: tired of watching our SD show because, I mean, nothing against everybody out there that's got SD, but you're missing the whole concept of awesome video in 4K. I know we
2: shoot in 4K. It's not broadcast in 4K, but... Yeah, but we run around with those 4K cameras so that that finished product on my HD dish network looks as good as it possibly can. Exactly.
0: I do have one 4K TV at home, so I wish I could get a full episode in 4K one time just to see how great it is. Keep crossing your fingers. I'll I'll keep wishing. You know, Kevin's the magic behind the madness of TV, and I'm just the madness everywhere else. So, you know, we cancel each other out. <laughs> so, y'all check us out this this past week's show uh, or this week's show, but it, it, we don't it doesn't air anymore this week on on Sportsman. Uh, kicked off the season with some great bow hunts here in the South, not too far from home. Had some really good encounters with nice bucks. Opening weekend of the season, my dad got a great buck, I got a great buck, and the stories of both of those are pretty crazy. You know, we watch these deer all summer trail cam pictures on the coverts that were kind of help us pinpoint right where they were going to be on opening day
2: and a lot of times you know when a deer sheds his velvet his basically his schedule changes dramatically but sometimes you got about a week there in that whole time frame when they shed that velvet that they may keep doing what they've been doing all summer and thankfully this time that actually happened
0: well and if you look at both of these deer on video when they come in, they both have velvet hanging off their antlers.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they I mean, had they, shed they, their velvet. It
0: is right, right there. Less than 24 hours yeah. probably before that day. Exactly. And the one I shot, he still had a pretty good clump on one side, and Dad had just some real small pieces on there. But if I noticed this watching the show. In the recovery, he didn't have those pieces of velvet on there. Now, Dad found the deer before me. Knowing him, he probably peeled it off or well, just
2: that running and crashing may have that right, deer actually ran at a very high rate of speed <laughs> after that shot occurred so it's very possible he snagged it on i something. mean it
0: wasn't like two little strands you can see on there but uh the one i shot he, he did have a little bit dried up still on there stuck and it was more on the side so it was it was hard to get off but anyway i thought that was pretty neat um that's i've only shot one true velvet buck in my life and it was uh it got nasty so quick that i really didn't get to save it so
2: yeah i had never shot one and after seeing how nasty yours got after you did shoot him uh, mm-hmm. I, uh I ain't in a real big hurry to do that mm-hmm. i know uh in that episode you
0: and dad were hunting together and you were filming him um the next afternoon he had a real nice velvet buck come in that he didn't quite get a shot at um but i think he was on that point
2: if you would just touched it it would have come right off yeah it was uh he i think probably I don't remember last year, but I think the trail camera pictures probably showed that deer out of velvet less than three days after we videoed no, that I th- hunt. I think that's right. But uh, anyway,
0: it was a great start to the season. We really put those elites to work and put the slick tricks to them, had a, had a good time. And speaking of slick tricks, that's, that's our broadhead of choice. Um, we had a, we've had we been asking people and, and invite all of you out there that listen to this podcast, you know, shoot us an email or go on social media and, and, and send us a message um we want to know what you want to hear on these podcasts. We we try to come up with some kind of cool topics, but we really posted out there uh the last day or so what you guys want to hear. And one of the top ones that we got was pros and cons between fixed and mechanical broadheads. And that's not I mean that's a debate that's been around for years and years now.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a some people really want to argue with you on, you know, what they like is is better um and personally i see some pros and cons with both of them well
0: right and over the years i've shot deer with both i know you shot deer with both and we've, we've had some good luck and and unfortunately at times we have a little bit of bad luck but it's not necessarily about the broadhead as much as it is shot placement
2: yeah and and really to me the shot placement where you're gonna plan on trying to shoot a deer Kind of dictates which one you want to go with. Well, um, I mean, if you're going to shoot a deer in the heart
0: right there behind the shoulder, tucked down a little bit, it doesn't matter which one you shoot him with.
2: Oh, yeah. You shoot a deer through the heart, and uh, you could shoot him with a field point, and he's going to be just as dead.
0: They're you're going to die. You may not have a great blood trail. And that's kind of what it boils down to is uh, based on our experiences, if you will. And, you know, we've been bow hunting a long time, been doing our our TV show for uh, 14 15 years now so we've gone through a lot of stuff and we have the beauty of video to analyze and see what these broadheads do impact and exit and you know we can slow these things down in in post production or you know slow mo type stuff on our video cameras to see what's happening and that's where our insight and our opinions are actually been formed
2: well and you know if you're always going to try to tuck it in a real tight to that shoulder then my opinion is you're probably going to want a fixed blade because if you are going to shoot a deer through the shoulders, the only hope you have is going to be a fixed blade in my opinion.
0: Well, and I'm not going to discount that, but if you're going to shoot in what I call the triangle – and when we're here in your office, we can see some of your deer mounts where you can see these, the triangle, so to speak, coming up the leg. And the shoulder blade actually goes forward towards the neck of a deer. And then you've got the top of the shoulder blade kind of turns back up towards the spine. So you got like a high shoulder, a low shoulder, and then, you know, kind of the shoulder blade goes more forward. So you got like a triangle right there from the leg that kind of goes up and bends back towards the spine back further in the deer and then you've got the ribs in that area if you hit that triangle right there i don't care if you shoot a mechanical or a fixed blade if you get the penetration that you need you're going to go right through there and you're going to kill that deer quick and we've got video to
2: back that up i agree but i just was saying that if you are coming in contact with any of that bone like trying to shoot through that shoulder blade Big blades on expandable may not be the best choice.
0: I'm not going to discount that, but it also goes back to which broadheads you're shooting. Yeah, that's true too. And and our experience with the slick trick broadheads, we've punched through that, and the blades have stayed intact. Yep, yep. Because there's other companies out there, and we're not going to talk bad about other broadhead companies. And you know, we're obviously working with slick tricks, so we're going to throw their name out there. But that spot on the deer is where you want to go. You want to be behind that leg in that pocket, and preferably a little bit of a quarter and away shot. Uh, Quarter and two shots, there's a lot of stuff can go wrong. Now, if you're going to take a quarter and two shot, I don't know if that mechanical is the right choice
2: because you can hit a rib and deflect off of that. Yeah, you you know, a a sharp angle uh, shot sometimes with an expandable, that can give you a deflection, but... Now you talk about that sweet spot, you know, you call it a triangle there, and I've heard some other guys on their podcast call it, like, the golden triangle and stuff like that. If you're going to hit that, it don't necessarily matter which broadheads you shoot. They're all going to be pretty deadly in that area. The reason I shoot the Raptor Trick from Slick Trick, which is their big two-inch expandable, is because in my lifetime I haven't always hit <laughs> where that triangle's at. For real? <laughs> and, uh sometimes you know you have one fall a little bit further back than you want it to or something like that uh that big cut of the expandable is it, it to me it's just cutting a lot more stuff going through there to improve your chances of killing that deer
0: well and historically my biggest battle with with the broadhead has been my draw length and the speed so I'm, I'm a 31 inch draw in in the current in the elite family of bows right now if you will um, with the ritual, you know, that we, we got now. So I've got a longer draw length. I've got more energy, if you will. And I try to overspy my arrows one step and, w- and we'll get all into this on some, some a future podcast, but, uh, I do that to stiffen it up and that keeps the variables kind of out of play. But what I run into with a fixed blade broadhead is a planing issue. And that's just the faster anything goes, with a broad headed, three blade or four blade, the more aerodynamic lift shapes, turns you have. So speed is not always a great thing. It's more about energy. So with that overspined arrow, I slow it down some and I give more energy. But I will say myself, I prefer well performing expandable because of the accuracy. Just going back to what you said, maybe you don't always hit where you want to. And if you've got any type of planning issue, you don't want to have to compensate during a shot. You don't want to have to think about that. You want to put that pin where you want it to go and touch that release and hit, hit the mark. Um, and in my opinion, with that expandable, the Slick Raptor tricks that we've been shooting, the accuracy is dead on. It's really close to what your field tips are going to shoot, if not right on.
2: Yeah, and I mean, even if you are a bow guy that's doing a lot of tuning on your bow, it does, you know, a fixed blade broadhead will take, even if you're a little bit out of tune, A fixed blade broadhead will uh, amplify that quite a bit Well, and that's right I mean you know and I I
0: do encourage everybody to be pretty OCD about setting their bows up and sighting things in and and tuning everything as best as you can get Um, a lot of people you'd like shooting through paper uh, using a laser uh, to set their rest up and, and things like that I mean that takes a lot of the guesswork and variables out when you're sighting your bow in but it's more about being consistent and being accurate no matter you know okay if if my broadheads are two inches to the left of my field points then you need to sight your
2: bow sight in for that compensation so you don't have to think about it while you're hunting yeah you definitely don't want to be having to think about uh, oh i aim especially this number three arrow it shoots always to the left you yeah take, exactly take those uh, thoughts out of the equation and fix it at the house instead of trying to fix it in a deer stand. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I, and I will say, I mean, back to the topic of no, we're not, you know, tuning, tuning bows is another, whole other conversation. But, um, the expandable versus fixed blade, I will say some of the most graphic blood trails, if you will, from myself have been from an expandable broadhead doing its job and, getting that two inch cut because there's not any fixed blade out there. There's a two inch cut.
2: Well, and traditionally people have not been fans of expandables because of not having an exit wound from some of the old expandables, but the slick trick, that Raptor trick was actually designed to get more exit wounds. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of the big things that they had in the design process was trying to get not only the entrance hole on that deer but an exit hole too so that you do have good blood trails so that takes that out of the you know used to be in the cons list but on this broadhead it's over in the pros right and then
0: you know they designed that and they'll tell you you know your entrance holes at times are not going to be that big as some as you may have seen you know with other broadheads but they've made it for penetration purposes uh, as well as getting that big exit wound and, I mean, some of the deer I've shot, I've had, I've had really good entrance holes, too. You know, and I know you and I were hunting with my dad. And he shot a, a, a really nice bull elk last year. And it, I mean, it cleaned that dude out.
2: Oh, that, yeah. That was vicious. You couldn't have threw a hatchet at him and done any more damage than yeah. what that did.
0: I mean, even the entrance hole was yep. was almost fully expanded, you know. So, it was, it did the job. And that's that was what, a, what do we say? It was a, like a 900-pound bull or something. I mean,
2: it was... It was a big animal, and that broadhead had zero trouble going through that rib. Right,
0: he had a little bit of a quartering away shot, so he went, you know, back ribs up to the next shoulder. Um, I believe he got a pass through on that dude, and which for an elk, that's pretty strong. I mean, so this is the same setup, you know, shooting a whitetail with, and it's devastating as well. I think it really boils down to personal preference. It really boils down to what you're comfortable with what you're accurate with because that's really what it boils down to uh is being accurate for a quick clean kill
2: and you know i agree that those raptor tricks are you know being an expandable is a little bit more accurate on a possibly out of tune bow but that one inch cut of a slick trick standard is about as accurate as you get for a fixed blade broadheader you know in years past we've shot some other fixed blades that it didn't seem to matter what you did. You wasn't going to tune it. Those slick tricks, that a uh, little one inch head is, uh, it don't play near as bad as some of the others.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. If you want a, a, a solid, strong broad head, I mean, the fixed blade slick tricks are, are great for that. Like I said, they got an inch cut diameter. Doesn't they go up to like a an inch and a quarter with some of the different models?
2: Yeah. And they've even got that. I think they call it the wicked trick. Now oh, the new one, it's uh inch and a quarter maybe even inch and a half on one side there but it uh and and that's you know you talk about the expandable having a two inch cut well technically that four blade standard has a one inch in two directions so that equates to cutting two inches of stuff too it's just a matter of it's two inches in the same spot, basically, versus two inches yeah, you got, stretched out. You've
0: you got the the cut is in a, a plus shape versus a one big a line. straight line, yeah, right. Yeah, that's pretty much right. So I did see one of the competitors there with expandable count with a four-blade expandable this year. I don't know how that's going to work there.
2: Um, I wonder how many exit holes they get out of that bad boy.
0: That's got to be tough because, I mean, that's another <laughs> thing with expandables. I mean, you you have an object and you have a mechanical device in motion, which is creating friction and drag while you're, you're going through that chest cavity of that deer or such. Um, so you more moving parts you have. One, you got more things that go wrong, number one possibly, but also that slows everything down. So you may not get that exit hole, and that's when – Having a good entrance hole is very important.
2: Yeah, yeah, you, uh, you're losing some energy there. And I'm not sure four blade expandable is uh, the best idea for, in an energy standpoint.
0: <laughs> no, you're right, and I don't, I don't know how well that's gonna work, and who knows how that's gonna fly too. I mean, you've got um, that thing closed up's gonna have. Something on the front end to make it
2: more drag, and and to be fair, I've never shot that broadhead you're talking about, but I think I'm gonna stick with that Raptor tree. Oh, there's no doubt. It's doing pretty good.
0: That's right. That's true. I mean, we got a lot of references I'm looking at right now that met their demise to accurately performing broadheads on your bow. So
2: the the biggest one for me (laughs) last year, and it comes up in a show later this season. But in Kansas last year, I killed a buck, and that deer took probably two steps after I stopped him as I was triggering the release and I hit that deer way back from where I wanted to. And that deer didn't run probably a hundred yards and was dead. That raptor trick did a lot of cutting through there. Well, maybe you actually, he helped you hit where you needed to. It it hit some (laughs) artery and maybe a little bit of opposite lung and whatever else. And it cleaned him out. That's what I'm saying. If you'd hit where you wanted to, it may not have worked out well, so good. Who, who knows? knows?
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> All I know is he's sitting right up there on top of my desk. There you go. There you go. So, But, yeah, I mean, it, you know, far as far as personal preference, um, they both have, you know, good things. They both have some bad things, if you will. But I think when it boils down to it, like we said, if you've got your bow tuned and your accuracy is what it needs to be and shot placement, you know, then it's just a personal preference of what you like and what you don't like. Um, If you're looking for something that's going to be easier just to put on your bow and go hunting, then a mechanical blade is probably going to fly better. You're not going to have to do less work as far as tuning your bow and getting everything, you know, perfect,
2: if you will, to create any kind of planing. But at the same time, if you want the toughest broadhead you can shoot, then a standard regular fixed blade is probably going to be a, you typically a, a tougher broadhead
0: well yeah less moving parts there's less things that uh, can break off um even you know with the expandables when they fold backwards most of them are in a fold backwards uh, fashion if you will so things move back they can get bent easier it could break a blade easier um i don't know i've i've had thank goodness knock on wood i've had a lot of good success with both um i will say i my experience i've gotten better blood trails from an expandable Uh, but I also got a lot more pass throughs from a fixed blade, which with my draw length and kinetic energy that I'm shooting, I get pass throughs on just about every shot. So, well, you know, you found me shoot a deer in Wisconsin last year. Um, that deer didn't give me a pass through, but you drilled the opposite shoulder. (laughs) That's right. I shot, it was a kind of a higher angle, but I hit the opposite shoulder and i mean it was still a
2: really good blood trail without an exit hole and you're also talking about a probably 275 pound big body northern deer big deer (laughs) right
0: exactly so uh, you know that penetration was the key there and having a good entrance hole because he ran off with the arrow sticking out and it broke off but you know we were able to i mean the blood trail was oh yeah
2: i could have followed that blood trail with my eyes closed i think just feeling the leaves you
0: might have slipped and fell in the blood. In the blood, that's what I'm saying. It was that much <laughs> carnage, but I uh, don't knock out light. knock did look good running off out there and you see it falls. Like, all right, I know we need to go look for blood
2: now. <laughs> yeah, if your air hadn't fell out, we could have just walked straight to that knock. Cause yeah, it was lit exactly. up bright. <laughs> that's another good reason if your air stays in, you just walk to your knock, there you go. there you go. you're good to go. So,
0: but uh, anyway, I hope that answers that question about mechanical versus fixed blade. I mean, I know we didn't really pick a side, because there's more variables than this oh my gosh that's what you've got to use i mean
2: well i pick a side because i mean looking around my office here i have deer in here that i've killed with a bro with a fixed blade blade and i've had some of killed with a mechanical um my arrows this year will have the mechanical raptor trick on them when i go to the woods same here
0: i mean that's that's what i'm going to pick as personal preference but they perform well for me. We've gotten good holes, gotten good blood trails, and the accuracy is is the big thing there for me too. So, um, yeah, we're going to pick the mechanical side uh, for this year with the Slick Trick Raptor Trick.
2: That big cut has bailed me out whenever I didn't hit where I was aiming, and I'm going to keep sticking with that.
0: Well, that's the good thing about a, a big two-inch cut in a mechanical. It makes marginal shots lethal shots, yep. no doubt. By golly. We agreed on something. Yeah,
2: huh. we agree on more things than that. well, not. you
0: know. I'm just saying, as far as you know, I mean,
2: I'm a better hunter. You know, we agree on that. I'm better looking. We agree on that, right? Don't make me <laughs> don't make me start a Facebook <laughs> poll again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, now uh, everybody, hope that answers that question. Y'all keep sending questions in. We we love to talk about different stuff to help educate people to help you know kind of not that we're professional experts on everything but we we've been around a little bit and made enough mistakes we're trying to help you not make the same yeah ones. we
2: screwed up enough stuff to understand what works and what don't in most cases all right at least for us
0: so um you know next week we'll tackle another good question uh we got to figure out how to get guests on here I know we've talked about that so far we've been our own guests we didn't have Kenyon on one time
2: yeah we can do it let's, next week let's yeah. have a new a guest on here let's try let's let's see if we can get old Larry McCoy from outdoor group I bet he'll do it. I bet he will. Anyway, we'll keep you
0: all posted on that. But uh, Next week's show is Major League Bucks. We're hunting up in Wisconsin with our buddy Jared Washburn, former pitcher for the um, Angels. Won the World Series back in, I think, 04, 02, 04.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with remember. 02, but I might be wrong.
0: All right. One of them back in the early 2000s. Uh, Great friend of ours got phenomenal hunting up in Wisconsin. We're actually going back up there this year in November First time we get to hunt the rut up there. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: I can't complain about late season or early season before So this time we go in mid season. I expect
0: no different I think we did add on a couple more days this year just to be able to uh, he said that if they start chasing does real hard it might be hard to get a bow shot. so
2: It's hard to get them to stand still sometimes. Yeah, exactly.
0: So we're looking forward to that. Maybe it'll be some nice nice, cool weather up there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, y'all watch that out. Check us out. Real Tree Block, Tuesday nights, 1030 on Sportsman Channel. We're also on Hunt Channel. Y'all check us out there. We're on like six or eight times a week, different times. Wild TV for anybody up in Canada that listens to this. Um, check your guide for that. I think our prime time is like Monday night or Tuesday. No, it's Monday at eight or something. I don't know. We, we're all over the place. We got like fifty-three air times a week. So, y'all check us out. Also, on my Outdoor TV, download the app. You can watch years and years of our insanity.
2: Yeah, if you watch it at work, you can pretty much get out of about a week and a half worth of work all because you're watching Backwoods Life on MOTV.
0: Don't. We will not tell your boss you're watching. I promise. We will not tell him so you'll be safe with that anyway i think that's enough for this week we've rambled on as usual episode 12,253,212 officially
2: in the books officially in the books and it's starting to rain and don't want you to have to talk over this tin tin roof got this metal roof here so anyway y'all check
0: us out online backwardslife.com every social media outlet in the world i think we're on it y'all just google us we're there catch y'all next week michael and kevin See y'all.
2: Up
1: before morning, put the tires in the clay. Back to where the deer and the antelope play. Ain't nothing between you and the wild, but the will to survive. Out here it ain't man, but the law of the land. Y'all quick on the draw means a buck on the wall. It's a turkey call, with a southern draw. The real boy's fall. My playground is out in the woods. Back in the states, this is my. Up early with nature's hand in mind. Finger on the trigger, just to seal the deal. If you don't get a mother nature wheel, it's the thrill, it's the skill, it's the rush, it's the dust and grind. Living the backwoods life. Living the backwoods life. Living full drawing for a special breed that gets the job done Clear, mind, full heart and respect You give as good as you get Daddy taught me how to stay alive And give thanks to the Lord for all we got Skin to my knee and then wake up and do it again My playground is out in the woods Back in the sticks. this is my hood Waking up early with nature's hand in my Just a silly deal If you don't get a Mother Nature will It's the thrill, it's the skill, it's the rush, it's the dust and grind Living the Backwoods Life Living
0: the Backwoods Life Welcome to the Backwoods You got the guts Let's go for the glory
1: load up the truck my playground is out in the woods back in the sticks this is my hood waking up early with nature's hand in my finger on the trigger just to seal the deal feel the chill Shoot to kill, it's the thrill, it's the skew, it's the rush, it's the dust, the grind. Living the backwoods, life. Living the backwoods, life. Living the backwoods, life. Living the backwoods, life.